thank you for joining us wherever you're at. Uh, we want to bless the churches in Africa and India, uh, our sister church in Pakistan, uh, Anwar and Nita and the family, uh, all of our pastors everywhere. Uh, Bishop Vincent conducted a leaders conference this last week for a couple days. We want to bless the pastors and the anointing of that conference and what it accomplishes. And we want to thank you again for your support for the missions as you give your regular tithe because you are making a big difference. And uh, someday you'll know in the heavenly places what you've touched and who you've touched and how you've touched them. So I, I want to invite up um, our guest speaker. He's in from San Francisco. I think he's familiar to you. I, I know him a little bit. Um, this is Sam. Say everybody say hi to Sam. And Sam, you can, you can go up there. Yeah, right see, on. he can do that. I thought about trying to jump up here, but if I messed it up, it would have been really embarrassing. So, good morning, everybody. How y'all doing? It's uh, you know, it's truly special coming to touch heaven always for me. So I live in San Francisco now, and I know I've, uh, I've shared some words here before. So first and foremost, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for continuing to, uh, to push your words across the world. Uh, on the other side of the United States, I watch weekly uh, the service. So not always live, because sometimes, most of the time, I'm going to my, my own services. But the, uh, the blessings that come out of this church, and I've said this here before, and I'm going to say it again, it, it's, uh, it's tangible. Like you can touch it. You can feel it. Stepping into this to this house today. It's just the Holy Spirit's here. And it's, it's such a refreshing thing to be in a place where you can feel the Holy Spirit. I think, uh, so I'll tell you about myself. I'm a, I'm subject to be someone that's haughty in knowledge, right? I'm not saying I'm smart. Don't, 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 get, me, don't get me wrong. I am not saying I'm smart. I'm just saying I'm someone that likes to, to know what's right, to know what's true. So if, if I hear a scripture, I, I am the first one to try to open my Bible and get in the scripture and see if, is that what I understood? Is that the same thing that I read? So, that, so that's, that's a, honestly, it turns into a vice of mine. Because what that does for me is that, that shuts out sometimes the emotional, the emotional connection with God. Because I'm putting myself on a pedestal of trying to understand God's word above maybe what God's trying to say to me. And so sitting in the corner today just worshiping, I didn't want to stop. I was like, it was one of those days where I was like, you know what, maybe... Maybe Pastor Frank will just let this service turn into a worship service so I don't have to get up there and pretend like I have a, a great sermon planned because I just want to sit here and worship in the house of God. And I, I just think that uh, is something not to take lightly because coming from uh, San Francisco, I've only been there about three months and uh, I'm settling into a new church there, but I've bounced around to a bunch of different churches, right? I lived in Tucson, Arizona for six and a half years. I lived in Las Vegas, Nevada for a few years, deployed to the Middle East a few times. I'm always trying to find a church community that that the Holy Spirit exists in and worships in spirit and truth. Um, and I think it's something special when you find that. And so I know I'm the pastor's son, so it might look like I'm up here just uh, advocating for the church and touch heaven, but this is just coming from my heart, and I just wanted to share it. It's nothing to do with what I'm about to talk about. This is just something that I felt God needed to, needed to say to you all that, uh, you know, don't quit. Just keep doing what you're doing. And even if you don't even realize what you're doing, just by showing up here and being in the place of God, and having the Holy Spirit fill you, it's going to expand well beyond these walls, I promise you. So thank you. Thank you for letting me be here. Uh, I've been married here. Uh, did you guys know that? I know some of you did. I got married right here. Uh, <laughs> so like, yeah, Abby, my wife, might be online right now. She's at work. She's a nurse. Uh, but this, uh, this building is special for me. 
but it's beyond the buildings, the people. So, so I just love you guys, and thank you for letting me be here. If you, if you allow me to just pray real quick as, as we kind of open up and what God has in store for us this morning. Father, you are so good. You are so, so good. And Lord, we just come before you this morning, first and foremost, recognizing your goodness, recognizing who you are, Yahweh, who you are, the creator of this universe. We love you. We thank you. We thank you for the people, the men and women and children of this body. God, we thank you for just the ability to commune here, to be able to come here as we are, not trying to be somebody else, but as we are and just share and your love and your gospel. Jesus, Father, I ask that you just speak through me this morning. I ask that you just use my tongue for, for your will and say the things that you need to say. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So now back to what I'm supposed to do. So uh, I don't know if you guys noticed a few things I said. Blessing, right? I said what a blessing it is to be here. You know how easy that is to just kind of roll off the tongue? Pop culture today, right? What, what do we see out there? We see a lot of people saying hashtag blessed, right? I don't know if you're a social media person, but you see hashtag, you know what I'm talking about, the little pound sign, hashtag blessed. I'm not a social media person, but I see it all over the place. Or, or I've heard this term a lot recently, uh, God bless, right? But I've heard it in a, in, a, in a situation that almost doesn't make sense, right? Like, oh, this food's so good, God bless. Has anyone else heard that? Am I the, am I the only one? It's, it's kind of interesting, right? It's, it's like, a, it's, like it's, it's seeped into a culture, even rap songs, right? Like there's this rap song that I, was, that I was heard on the radio the other day. It was like, Amen, right? I think that was the title of it. The song was called Amen. And, and it goes through... This, this concept of, of God's blessings, right? And I'm like, man, this is like perpetuating out through our society, God's blessings, right? You can see it everywhere. And it started making me wondering, is this really what, is this really God's blessings or is this becoming a fad? Is this becoming something that people are latching onto because it, it might seem like a, a way to recognize and be humble, but the reality is they don't know who they're pointing to. I, and I, I started, this is, right, haughty and knowledge, right? I started tussling with it. I'm like, all right, is this good? You know, God's perpetuating out through our society. Rap songs are being titled Amen. Blessings are everywhere. Blessed, you know, highly blessed. Win the Super Bowl, I'm blessed. You know, all these, all these statements are, are, are being thrown out there, but I want to make sure that people that I can be around and myself and my family, we know why we're saying that, right? I don't want to just say that without knowing why. So blessings is something that my father started a week ago, right, kind of getting through this concept of blessings, and, and I just kind of want to do a little exercise, right? So my background a little bit, if you, if you don't know, so I'm in the military still. I'm still active duty despite my, my little scruff on my face. I'm still active duty uh, in the Air Force, uh, about nine years in special operations, and before that I went to the Naval Academy, played sports my whole life. So I've been inundated with people trying to tell me how to do things, right? <laughs> like That's just like the bottom line of what you can take away from that. People always try to tell me how to do things. Uh, when you step up to the to the plate before you go to bat as a, as a hitter, people tell you visualize it, right? Visualize which pitch is about to come in. Or, or when you're shooting a weapon, people try to tell you, hey, take a deep breath, breathe out, visualize hitting your target. I, I constantly hear these kind of lessons taught to me, right? And I, and I start to wonder, where's God in that? Because I know he's there. It's like, don't be mistaken, God is not in every single aspect of your life. He's there, so where's God in that? And uh, one of the exercises they used to have us do when we were... Uh, we were going through our indoctrination course, which is our initial course in pararescue, which is the community that I've been serving with. Uh, it's a 10-week long course, and it's pretty physically grueling, and there's certain aspects of it where they just basically drown you. So they put you in a pool, and they take away your air, and you can't quit. If you quit, then you're done, and you're out of the training. So really, they just want you to either finish or pass out. People pass out all the time. 
And it's, it's a weird concept, right? So people start, like, they used to bring in psychologists to try to teach us, but then also understand from some of the guys that made it through, like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, like, why are you willing to sit here and then pass out for something that you don't even understand what it is yet, right? Because you haven't, you haven't received whatever crown you're chasing in this community. You just, you just think it's cool, and you're going to be willing to go through all of this to include passing out on your own will for what, right? That's kind of crazy. So, so it's kind of funny these psychologists, they would they bring us in for about an hour-long session, and they start talking to us, and then the first half was them teaching us something, right? All right, cool. Tell me how to do something again. Got it. I'm great at listening to being told how to do things. The second half was them kind of just probing us to be like, what is, what is going on in your mind? <laughs> like, what's up in your psyche that you're willing to do this, you crazy, crazy people? Um, and one of the things they would do is they'd have us do these, uh, these visualization drills, right? Has anyone ever done one of those? Has anyone, like, sat there and tried to do a visualization drill? Great. Well, Kachette. Kachette's the only one nodding her head in the back. She's in the Air Force, so, so she's, they probably, she probably had that experience. Oh, Ralph. All right. Now some people are coming out. All right, cool. We're going to do one. So now everyone's going to have to raise their hand next time I come here because now you're going to say, yes, I have been told to do a visualization drill. All right. So everyone, I just ask you, bear with me and just play the game. Play the game like I've been playing the game and having to learn how to do things, right? People tell me how to do things. Play the game for about two minutes. All right. So what we're going to do is I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes. Jimmy, don't fall asleep, please. Uh, close your eyes. <laughs> Jimmy, I had to do it. You know, if, if someone's not up here calling Jimmy out for falling asleep, then something's wrong in, in the body of touch heaven, right? All right, so close your eyes, please. And I'm going to say some words. And what I want you to do when I say these words is I want you just to think about what's the first thing that comes to your brain. Do you see something? Do you have an emotion? Just, just focus on just the word and how it makes you feel. All right, ready? Praise. Worship, honor, glory, mercy, forgiveness, healing, victory, restoration, peace. All right, open your eyes. Shout some stuff out at me. Would you guys give me an emotion? Give me something you saw. Somebody. Sunrise, exuberance. Somebody else. River. Arms lifted. Happy. So did you guys see it? Did you feel it? What, what was it? Was it a thought? Was it a, was it a, a visual? Did you see like maybe a river somewhere? What river did you see? Did you see a specific river? Yeah, just the scenery of a river. Anyone see anything specific? So sometimes people will, start, will, will claim they see like the front door of their childhood home, right? When you start doing these exercises and you're like, I haven't seen the front door of my childhood home since I, since I was seven years old, right? We moved out of there. But so, sometimes people start seeing these things and it's kind of interesting. All right, so we're going to play again. You guys ready? Jimmy, you awake? All right. Thank you, Jimmy. All right, everyone, close your eyes again. Take one deep breath in. Three, two, one. One deep breath out. Three, two, one. One more time. In. Three, two, one. Out. Three, two, one. Loss. Pain. Suffering. Mortgage. Anxiety. Depression. Sickness, death, 
I'm not going to ask you guys what you saw there. But I'm just going to take a guess. How did it make you feel? Completely different, right? Completely different. So I tussled when I, when I thought about this. Which one do I start with? Do I start with the good? Do I start with the bad? Because there's a lot of ways you can go with that, right? Because I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do here is show a little bit of the power of a word. We've done nothing this morning but said words, right? And in this moment, as I stepped up here, nothing has happened but said words. I said some words. I asked you guys to say some words back to me. And then I did a couple things to invoke thought, right? You sat there. I said some words. I didn't even ask you to say words. And thoughts happen. Some good, some bad, right? The power of a thought. Where do words come from? Thoughts, right? Sometimes we don't remember. Sometimes it comes so quick that we're not even thinking about it, and you're like, you know, classic, did, did you think before you spoke? <laughs> like, like that kind of situation. But the word comes from a thought. How do we train our thoughts? What were all these special, highly trained psychologists, and they still exist, they're all over the place, right? Athletes have them. If you want to, like, have some fun just researching some of the stuff that, like, the NFL puts into their athletes, like, Man, they've spent so much money on these kind of people to, to teach visualization drills, and it always focuses on winning. It always focuses on success. It always focuses on throwing a touchdown pass. It always focuses on hitting the right pitch. It always focuses on seeing yourself successful. Why do you think they do that? Do you think they're prophets? I'm, I'm, I'm just asking a question. because Do you think because they, they teach hitting a home run that that person's going to go out there the next day and hit a home run? No, but what is the data that they're compiling now because we're so smart in this technological age? What is the data they're compiling to show if they do this, what the likely outcome might be? It's astronomically in favor of if you do this, you are likely to be more successful in this specific event. Just because you practice, it doesn't mean you're going to win. Just because you try hard doesn't mean you're going to succeed. And I'm preaching to the choir, right? We all know this, right? Just because we do good in our minds doesn't mean we're going to have good necessarily given back to us. These are realities in life that we learn Christian or not Christian, right? We all know that. But the power of a thought doesn't change regardless of that. So regardless of whether tomorrow you, you know, we just did a visualization drill and I gave you the, the secret sauce to go hit a home run and you just said, all right, I'm, I'm signing up or football season. Maybe today you're going to be like, Baker Mayfield, we're done with him, right? Northeastern Ohio, we're done with Baker. I'm up, quarterback. I just visualized multiple touchdown passes. Put me in the game, right? So it doesn't mean that's going to happen. But what it does do is it starts changing the atmosphere, right? It starts changing the atmosphere internally, so there's a lot of ways that we're affected by our surroundings. And, you know, one of the reasons why it's so cool to be here and when I was sitting over there, it's like you can feel the Holy Spirit, right? I got up here and said you could feel the Holy Spirit in here. So what about when you're by yourself? What about when that person cuts you off in traffic? Do you feel the Holy Spirit at that moment? Like, probably not, right? What about you're sitting in line waiting at, you name it, Black Friday event, and everyone rushes by you to get that one specific thing you wanted, right? You don't feel the Holy Spirit at that moment. The atmosphere is pouring into you, and you're letting that atmosphere pour into you. But what's the one thing going on up here? Thoughts. What's the one thing that we can take captive? Thoughts. So is this truth new? <laughs> so is this truth something that, man, we got so good in data and statistics in this digital age that I can tell you with 80% confidence what pitch this next player is going to throw? Maybe, but did anything change with our thoughts? Did anything change in the truth that the Bible 
has written for us from a Paul, letter from Paul 2,000 years ago? No. You figure, like, he, via the Holy Spirit, because Yahweh is the creator of this universe, figured it out and said, here's the secret. Take your thoughts captive. <laughs> wait, knock, knock, knock. I'm knocking. Remember here? Here's the secret. Take your thoughts captive. So I, I told you I debated, right? Should I start off with the happy or the sad? And which one should I use to go into this point of the conversation? So the reason why I chose to start off with this happy and go to the sad is because I think as much as we like to come to church to focus on happy thoughts, the reality is we come in here broken people. <laughs> we come in here with burdens. We come in here heavy. Sometimes we're joyous. Don't get me wrong. And I don't think the church needs to be a place that tells you, hey, you're going to hell. I think that's the wrong message for the church. I think the church is a place to come and empty yourself so you can be refilled, right? But the only way to empty yourself is to be real with yourself. If you're not real with yourself, you cannot empty yourself. That shouldn't be news to anyone here, right? Because we've all been through life, and, if you, and we all know that I can hold this shield up as long as I can, but eventually something's going to crack this shield, and we all know that. So thoughts are a way for us to recognize where we're going in the atmosphere, where the atmosphere is trying to pull us, and to change that atmosphere and allow Jesus to come in, allow the Holy Spirit to come in, right? It's such a cool thing, and it's perpetuated throughout our society, so you're asking me, what does that have to do with blessings? <laughs> so like we started this whole thing talking about blessings, right? God bless and hashtag blessed and I'm blessed, right? So what does that have to do with blessings? Well, if you, if you bear with me through some scripture here, which I hope, I hope you all will because we're in a church. Uh, if you bear with me through some scripture, I think you see, you'll start seeing where thoughts turn to words, words turn to actions, actions turn to blessing, right? And that's going to be a theme that's going to be expounded upon over the next eight weeks or so. So we're going we're gonna to bounce to Genesis real quick, right from the beginning. And I, I know my father hit on some of this last week, but right in the beginning, Genesis 1.22, if you can get up on the screen real quick, it says, and God blessed them, saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. Who's God talking to there? It's the first blessing in written scripture. Animals. Whoa. <laughs> God blessed animals before he blessed people. He's blessing his creation, right? But it's the, first, it's the first aspect in scripture where we see God blessing something. And so this is a model for us, right? God initiated the blessing, all right? God is the first. Shortly after, we see it carries on into, into blessing humankind and his creation. Genesis 2-3. Then God goes on and says, and God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. I got a question. How do you bless a day? I'm just curious. How, how do you bless a day? Anybody got any thoughts? I mean, I, I can think of ways I could try to bless a day, right? I could say, I'm going to sanctify this day. I'm going to set, set aside this day as something where I am just going to focus on God, and, may, and maybe that blesses this day. But is the day itself being blessed, or, or are we being blessed by that day? Did God need a day of rest? No, right? We know that. God doesn't need to rest. God doesn't rest. God gave us the Sabbath for who? For us, because he knows we need to rest. So he blessed that day to bless us. But he didn't say it yet, right? He said, hey, I'm blessing you all. Go forward and multiply. Hey, I'm going to bless this day. But he didn't say, Lord Lee, I bless you. He didn't say that yet, right? But he's going to get there. So where my, where my dad was at, right, uh, last week, the Abrahamic covenant, Genesis 12, 2. This is God talking to Abraham. Not even his name changed to Abraham yet. And he tells him, 
I will make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I will bless you, Abram, and make your name great, and you, Abram, shall be a blessing. What's God doing now? He went from the top, right? He's like, I'm going to bless the animals. I'm going to bless my creation. And then he went to mankind, to humanity. I'm going to bless you all. And then he went to, you guys aren't doing this great, so I'm going to give you more blessings and tell you how to rest. And then he took it a step further and said, you know what? I love you so much, I'm going to pick you. <laughs> I'm going to pick you, Ralph, and I'm going to say, I bless you. That's crazy, right? The creator of the universe was like, all right, I'm going to sift through, and now I'm going to bless you by name. So blessings, right? From the beginning, the, thing, the biggest thing I think, there's a lot of things you can take from this, but the biggest thing I think for the purpose of today is to recognize where are the blessings come from. Is it coming from Abraham blessing God? Is it coming from Adam and Eve blessing God in the garden? Is it coming from the animals blessing God? Not to our knowledge, right? But what God is doing is blessing you. I bless you. I bless mankind. I bless creation. I blessed order by giving you seven days and a day of rest. I blessed Abram. So I'm going all the way through to a covenant to bless a man who the rest of his family, which we know we're children of Abram by the fact that we accepted Jesus into our lives, right, as Christians. So I'm going to bless this whole line by name, not just by creation, but by name. So everybody is given a gift of life, right? Everybody's given a gift of life. And sometimes life doesn't feel like a gift. Think about some of those harsh words I said in the beginning. Those don't make you feel like life's a gift, right? But what God is doing is saying, hey, remember, knock, knock, knock. Hey, remember, knock, knock, knock. Abram, I bless you, right? Abram, I bless your family, right? Abram, I'm going to take you out of your land. You're going to be confused, but I bless you, right? Abram, your seed is going to extend throughout the rest of the world, well beyond the Jews into the Gentiles, and I bless you, right? Hey, Abram, do you remember that? It's pretty powerful, right? So the blessing, the biggest thing, the blessing comes from God first, right? What we see from there, though, is, is a priest in Genesis, Genesis 14, 18, a priest, the Melchizedek priest. Who knows, who knows that name? That name's referenced in the New Testament, right, when associated with Jesus. So it's an interesting thing, right? Up until this point, we don't, we don't really hear about this whole, these whole other people that worship God. But there is this priest, the Melchizedek king of Salem, right? And he was brought out, bread and wine. And this is after Abraham went and rescued Lot, right? So Abraham just went and had a victory, a human victory that he could see. And so this Melchizedek priest came out and said, I'm going to bless Abraham. So that's, that's where we're at in this, in this part. So Abraham rescues Lot, Melchizedek comes out and blesses Abram, a priest of the God Most High, in some of the translations, and he blessed him and he said, blessed be Abram by God Most High, creator of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies in your hand. All right, so we start off with God, God blessing creation, God blessing animals, God blessing a person, and now for the first time in scripture, we see someone else coming and blessing somebody else. Somebody else coming from left field, right? It's like, who's this Melchizedek creature? I don't know, this guy is a priest from somewhere, he's the God most high. So clearly people at this time knew his name. We don't see it yet. He comes and blesses somebody else. But what's he do right after that? He blesses God. I got a question, how do you bless God? How could little old me made out of dust, and the ragamuffin that I am, how could I bless the creator of the universe? You think he needs new shoes for Christmas? Like, hey, God, let me bless you with some new shoes because I think you might need some, you know? Like, how do you do it? I'm just an honest question because this is a question I had to ask myself. 
I grew up uh, hearing, you know, some awesome people in my life constantly pray, and the way they would pray, it would, it would seed into me, right? So if you're a parent, don't think that your words don't seed into your children. It's seeded into me. So I grew up not knowing anything, and I, I walked away from the Lord for a while, and this isn't a moment for my testimony, but I walked away from the Lord for a while, but in dark moments, I would still pray, and you know what I would do? I'd model what my parents prayed. Because that's what I knew. I didn't follow the Bible. I didn't read. I didn't go to church. But I knew that I had some warriors in my life at some point, And they were praying, and this is the way they'd pray, right? They would say, bless you, God. Bless you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you. Glorify your holy name. Those things stuck with me. So I'd find myself drowning. Take me back to that pool for a second. Bless you, Lord. Bless you. Bless you. Praise you, God. I didn't know what to do, but I'm blessing God. How do I bless God? Does God need me to bless him? I need God to bless me, right? That's, that's, that's the mindset that we typically have. I need, God, I need you to bless me. If I'm going to be honest with you and honest with my prayers, I'm asking God to bless me. Or I'm asking God to bless my loved ones. Or I'm asking God to bless something in my environment, right? Am I blessing God, though? And how do I do that? And I, this, is the, this is the crux of what we're going to hit today. And I know I've, I've kind of bounced around a few times. But the crux of what we're going to hit and the one thing that the biggest idea of, of what I'm here, sitting here to talk about is... Blessings started from God, but we have to bless God back. Before we can bless ourselves, before we can bless our others, before we can expect abundant blessing from God, the first step is to realize God blessed us first, so now let me bless him back. The questions are how, right? At least that's what I struggle with, is like how. Remember what I talked about in the beginning, thoughts? Thoughts are powerful, right? You think that the scripture talks about thoughts only so that we can protect ourselves? Or do you think it talks about thoughts because God knows every single thought? You think about that for a second. So like if someone popped into your brain and could sit around for 24 hours, every single thought you had, this person saw. That is scary. Like you feel naked. You're like, whoa, hey, whoa. Did you knock before you entered? Like, you know, it's an uncomfortable feeling. It's an uncomfortable feeling. But that's what God, God's doing. That's what he's doing right now. He knows every single thought that's going on in everybody's head. He knows Jimmy's sleeping in the corner. He knows it. I'm just kidding, Jimmy. You know, you know we all pick on you because we love you in this family, right? <laughs> Jimmy's my uncle. You know, he's, I'm allowed to pick on him. He's picked on me. He kicked my butt. He kicked my butt for 10 years of my life. So. But either way, thoughts. We're going to get back to it for a second. Thoughts. Now, when we go back to that visualization drill we had today, the first thoughts, what did they do? Made everyone happy, right? They're like, I'm, I'm seeing sunrises. I'm seeing rivers, which are my, my happy place. I'm, I'm feeling better. I'm feeling like I can win. What are those second thoughts doing? They're like, get out of here. Get out of my brain. Get out of my brain. This isn't what I came to church for. I don't want to sit in this. Leave me alone. Right? That's, that's our reaction. How do we take those thoughts captive? Well, it starts with training those thoughts. So I'm not going to tell you that you can control every thought you have. I don't think that's possible. I think as fallen, sinful creatures, it's not possible to control your thoughts. But what I can tell you, because the scripture tells me is you can take them captive. How do you take them captive? You train yourself to take them captive. How do you do that? You allow God to do it. How do you allow God to do it? You spend time with God every day. Start there. How do you spend time with God every day? You think about him. <laughs> like, I'm not telling you you need, to, you need to do this. I'm not. I'm not telling you this is how you spend time with God every day. If this is what works for you, go for it. If this is something that you feel God's telling you to do, go for it. But I'm not telling you this is how it has to look. I'm telling you, I'm walking to my car, God, you know, this is pretty cool. Well, you let me walk today. All right, done. Car, driving for five minutes. Oh, man, God, this is pretty cool. I have a car. Thanks, God. All right, next. 
coffee. And I'm like, God, it's pretty cool you create coffee. Like, <laughs> thanks for that. Like, like, there's a lot of people that live without coffee for a long time, you know. Thanks, God. Or how about, you know what, this is another day I just woke up. Thanks, God. All right, next. Okay, on to the next thing. I'm not going to pretend like we're all these spiritual beings that have the time to sit there and constantly pray. Like, let's be real with ourselves. What I say? Like, you got you to empty yourself to get filled, right? Let's be real. Not, not all of us are there, but what we can do is little things, right? And, when I, and I think the challenge is how do you take those thoughts captive? You take those thoughts captive by training yourself to change your thoughts. So when you start talking about anxiety, depression, sickness, I'm not telling you to pretend like it's not real. I'm, I'll be the first one to tell you it's real. <laughs> I know that those things are real. <laughs> Please believe me personally and with the people I love, I know they're real. But do I need to focus on them? Can I recognize them and then recognize the word of God? And the word of God telling me, I'm healed. I have a crown. <laughs> do they give crowns to sick people? Do they give crowns to people that failed? Well, kind of, because we're, we're all sick people. We all failed, and they, God chose to give me, a, give me a crown. Why? Well, that's because he first chose to bless me, and now I am choosing to bless him back. That's running the race, right? Paul talks about running the race. That's it. To me, it all boils down to that. God chose to bless me. How do I bless him back? That's my race to run. <laughs> and, and I, once again, like, we're busy, right? We're busy people. And it, it might be work. It might be it might be wholesome things. This is, this is an interesting one. Think about this. Think about if you're the kind of person that likes to volunteer all the time. Am I telling you volunteering is bad? No. Is God part of the volunteering? Are you, per- you only can answer this question, right? Is in your heart, are you talking to God as you're going to volunteer? Just a, just a thought, right? Serving in the church is the same thing. Moving around to a bunch of churches, I'm always trying to find a way to serve, but I have to check myself when I walk in the door because right away I'm like, why am I serving? Is, am I serving God in here, <laughs> or, or am I serving because this is what I feel like I'm supposed to do? So that's that internal conversation with God. What does it all boil back down to? Thoughts. Ralph Waldo Emerson, he, uh, you guys know who he is? Anyone know who he is? He's like a you know, pretty cool philosopher type. I don't, I don't know if he was religious or not, but he, he has a pretty awesome uh, statement that I'm sure a bunch of you have heard, and it basically goes, if you reap a thought, or let me, let me do it justice. Let me do it justice. So Ralph Walter Emerson, his famous quote says, if you sow a thought, you reap an action. You sow an action, you reap a habit. You sow a habit, you reap a character. You sow a character, you reap a destiny. Has anyone heard that before? So once again, this you know, great philosopher that everyone gives credit for, <laughs> where, do you, where do you start? You sow a thought, you reap an action, right? So when we talk about blessings, right, how do we bless God back? Well, it starts with our thoughts. You don't think that someone like God would love to just hear from you every now and then just to say, yeah, I'm not, once again, I'm not telling you it has to be this. I'm just saying, like, hey, thanks, God, for letting me show up to Canfield today. That's, that's you know, a thought. <laughs> do you think that doesn't bless him? Who, what about in the holiday season? Who, you know, we all kind of want to have someone reach out to us, someone that maybe we love or hasn't reached out to us for a while. Maybe we're not even thinking about them, but it feels good when they reach out to us and say, hey, just thinking about you, right? Like, think about how that makes you feel, just as a person. Now think about how God would feel. Hey, God, just think about you. Starting there, right? And when you do that, when you start opening up this vertical line of communication between you and God, you're going to start changing your own atmosphere. It's not going to happen right away. It might not. I'm never going to say it's not. God's, God, 
our God's powerful, right? <laughs> our God can do anything. We know that. But I'm not promising you that it will happen right away. <laughs> but what I am promising you is if you have worked that muscle through time, you're going to change your own atmosphere. We ever, uh, you ever been around someone that just, like, feels holy? Like, you just get in his, get in his or her, like, area, you know, like, well, I don't know, I'm within 10 feet, and I'm, like, convicted. I'm, like, why am I sweating? Like, 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 like I have a reason to be sweating right now? It's, like, is, you know, do you ever get, do you ever feel that? Am I the only one? Am I the only one? You know how hard it is to grow up with a pastor? You know? <laughs> just, uh, it's, it's, it's something that maybe we've all felt at, at a certain time. What do you think it is about that person that makes you maybe feel convicted? Without them saying a word, I see some, some kids looking at their parents. You know, kids know this game, right? Like, you ever do something wrong, and you're like, I, my parents don't even know that I did something wrong, but I'm already, I'm feeling convicted because they just walked in the door. <laughs> like, like, I've been there, right? I remember that. We're children of God. It's the same way, right? What do you think it is about that that makes you feel convicted? Any, any thoughts? I mean, it, it's, it's the fact that you're recognizing to yourself that you need help, that you've done something wrong, that something's not right with your vertical relationship with God. It's all internal. That person hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> they haven't said a word. They haven't looked to your soul. Whatever you think might be happening, they haven't done anything. It's because your vertical relationship with God is shaken. You're on that sand, right? We were worshiping earlier about being on that sand. You're on that sand, most likely, because you got something that you haven't even taken the time to think about to try to fix. That's oftentimes how I find myself, right? If I know that I did something wrong, I know. But there's moments where I feel like, you know, my relationship with God's not right, so I'm on that sand, and I don't even know if I did anything wrong, but I don't want to be around that person that might call me out. <laughs> I don't even want to be around them because I'm on that sand. It's shaky. And so I, why do I not know? Because I haven't spent the time to train my thoughts with God to let him show me, right? That's the only reason. It's not because I'm too busy. It's not because I'm scared of it. Maybe it is. But what I'm scared of is that moment with God. <laughs> and now, take it back, right? Something I like to say, or we like to say in, in the military, is like that 50,000-foot view. So get, up, get yourself out of, out of where I'm at and touch heaven and put yourself at that 50,000-foot view. So what do you see? You see a lot from up there, right? So now think about your life from a 50,000-foot view from day one to day now. You see a lot. <laughs> you see a lot. You see some stuff you don't want to see. You see some stuff that's awesome right? You see some hurt, you see some joy, you see some happiness, like we talked about in the beginning, and you see some pain, right? That's what you see. That's what God sees. God has seen that, and he's always seen it, and he knows it, and he's always known it, and so by you not taking the time to let him show you some of the stuff that he has seen that maybe you haven't noticed, what you're doing is not blessing God. You're not blessing God with the bestowal of goodness that he wants as a father to a child to help you, <laughs> and so that is what blessing God is, right? We've all helped someone. We might have raised somebody. We might have a pet that we've raised. We, we might have just helped a friend. And that's a blessing internally when you get to actually help someone. You feel it. You feel good because you helped them, right? God wants to help us. How do we bless God? Step one, give him the opportunity to help us. How do you do it? With your thoughts. Does it need to be in a church? Does it? Is there, what's the difference of doing it in a church vice not doing it in a church? This is an honest conversation. I'm talking. I, I can say my thoughts. Anybody? I got thoughts. Anybody? What's, what's the difference for anybody? 
sometimes doing it in a church, right, it's, it's, it's you're doing it around other people that share in those thoughts. So we look at the world today. It's polarizing further and further, right? People with these thoughts and people with these thoughts. And that's just what's going to continue to happen. So as a Christian body, where are our thoughts? Where's our safe place? Generally in a church because you're like, you know what? Like church hurt happens. I don't necessarily like everybody. I don't necessarily agree with everyone. But they most likely share in my thoughts. Why? Holy Spirit. Starting back with Abraham. What did God say to Abraham? I bless you. <laughs> I'm going to continue to bless you. I'm going to bless your seed. I'm going to bless your seed's seed. What are we? Yeah, we're seeds. So from the beginning, we have this Abrahamic covenant that has blessed us. And for once, we started realizing, probably around Melchizedek, we need to bless God back. We start doing it by our thoughts. And if you sow a thought, what comes after a thought? An action, right? So what's an action? It's a word. It starts with a word. You could do stuff. I, I've been there, right? I've been there. I've done stuff without words, right? But it starts with a word. And so when you start saying blessings to God in public, what do you think you're doing? You're changing the atmosphere, right? Who's, who's, uh, who's seen now kind of God leave the God blessing after a sneeze? Who's seen just the bless you? I'm, I am guilty of it. Guilty as charged, right? I bless you. Easy, quick, done, next, right? Bless you. Yep, yep, bless you. What happened to God and bless you? <laughs> is that what kind of where it came from? So just think about that for a second. Or, or how about like you're on a phone call and who, who's kind of seen it fade away to where it didn't used to be, all right, see you later. Or it used to be, hey, God bless you. Have a great day. Like sometimes we don't have time for it. Sometimes we don't, we don't think about it, right? If you bring the God, those little things, I'm talking about little things here, right? You bring the God back into those little environments, what do you think you're going to do? You're going to change the atmosphere. What do you think you're doing by changing the atmosphere? You're blessing God. Just by talking about God, you're blessing God. And I'm not saying, you know, everyone's called to different gifts, right? Not all of us are called to teach. I might not be. They keep on throwing me up here, right? Not, not all of us are called to do these kind of things, right? Not all of us are blessed with beautiful voices and musical talent. I'm definitely not. Somehow I miss that gene, you know, and I'm angry about it sometimes, but I still sing anyway. But, you know, we all have our own gifts. But the one thing that we're all called to do is bless God because he first blessed us. That's it. <laughs> like, like, so how do you run your race? How do I run a race? Well, I recognize who blessed me, and I just bless him back. And I'm not saying that you need, you need to go out and now give everything away, right? Like, that was what I, when I first came back to Christ, Christ first pulled me back to him, maybe better said. At first, I'm like, I got to sell everything. That's it. <laughs> I'm going to be walking through the streets, selling everything. Especially in San Francisco, you can get away with that, right? Like, I'll be walking through the street in San Fran, nothing. No clothes, you know, that's going to be a good model for Christianity. But I'm just going to walk, and I'm going to, that's, that's how I'm going to first give myself and give my life to Christ. That's not what God's asking. God's asking, he knows you, right? He knows who you are. He knows your struggles. He knows you're a parent. He knows that you have financial issues. He knows that you have sickness. He, he knows these things, but he knows they're not you. And so what he's asking you to do is in those moments, recognize what you have, and then at the same time, bless him by just bringing him into the environment. You start in yourself, though. You start by controlling your thoughts. So the biggest takeaway, I think, from this, for me, as I tussle with the scripture and blessings, when my father said blessings, you know, I think when you think about blessings, what I've seen kind of foster up in the church is what people call the prosperity gospel, and I, I know everyone's kind of heard about it, and everyone 
even people that are in the prosperity gospel pretend like they're not in the prosperity gospel. It's become a huge focus, right? I want richness. I want health. I'm guaranteed this because I'm a Christian. So some of those messages that get, that get changed around, that's generally, I think, where people get scared to talk about blessings. And, that and it's, it's, a, it's an act of humanity ruining a good thing from God, right? Because God's blessings are real. God will bless you. God will give you those things. It might not be in your timing. It might not be how you see it, but God will do that. But that's not the focus. And that's the biggest issue, right? The focus, even if it is the thing that's the 100-pound gorilla in the room that's like, I can't get around it. I'm trying, I can't get around it. Even if it's there, right? Even it's like, even if it's there, the focus isn't that. So the focus isn't the depression. The focus is God working through you to heal you and allowing you to show that to other people. And that is the focus, right? And it all comes from God. So I, I, I think like the biggest thing that we could take from, the, from this morning that I took, that I'm gonna take back, is when we, when we think about blessings, right? Who blessed us first? How do we bless God back? It starts as simple as a thought. And I'm, I know this, this series is going to expound, and I know it's going to get deeper, and I know it's going gonna, it's gonna to have more tangible effects, right? But what I'm saying is you start with your thoughts. And it's not easy because first you need to recognize them. <laughs> you need to pay attention to them. You need to take that five minutes and say, okay, like what did I think about today? And I, sometimes we don't have those five minutes, right? I would argue we do. We just need to find them. <laughs> like like they, they're out there. They're out there. They might not feel like it, but they're there. Just got to find them. All right, what did I think about today? Okay, is that what I want to be thinking about? What consumed me today? Okay, is that what I want to be consumed about? All right, God, come in. Come in my life, God. I don't want, I'm not an anxious, I'm not a person that has anxiety. I'm a person that recognizes anxiety is a thing, and I'm going to fight it. And I'm going to fight it through you, God. It's not my battle. It's your battle. But first, I have to recognize that I have it. And then, not that I have it, but that I fight against it, right? I am sorry. It's not that I have it. It's that I fight against it. So first, I'm going to recognize that I fight against it. That is the first thing, is I know that I fight against this. Now, God, you know, because I'm, you are, if I know now, you know. All right, God, let me change this thought. I'm anxious. No, I'm not. I'm here for God. Stand still. All right, God, what do you want me to do? Walk this way. Got it. <laughs> That's, you know, step one, right? That's how we fight our battles. Starts with a thought. Thank you, guys. Thank you for allowing me to be here this morning. Thank you for allowing me to share some of the word. Uh, thank you, God, for just hopefully using my tongue for your goodness. There's one thing I do want to leave you with, uh, scripture-wise. And thank you all from the back for, I went way off. So sorry. I went way off what I was supposed to do, but sometimes that's what God has you do. So Matthew 28, 18, we've all, we've all seen this. And I think it's like a popular thing in a lot of churches, the, the Great Commission right? The great commission. What does it mean? So, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, right? Go therefore, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's it. That's what Jesus asked you to do. Go forth, bring the God back, and the God bless you. <laughs> That's it. All right, I'm going to close in prayer and then hand it back off to the worship team. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're just so thankful for your presence in this place.
We're so thankful for, for a place that we can come to and we can empty ourselves out for you to fill us back in. Jesus, I ask that as you are with us until the end, Lord, that you help us walk, that you help us think, that you help us talk, Lord. Allow us to sow thoughts into you and your kingdom so we can reap actions for your glory. Jesus, we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for your healing. We're so grateful for your crown. We're so grateful for the fact that you have taken us from rags to riches. Even if the world can't see it, you can. It's in your mighty name that we ask for your favor and your grace and your blessing and your healing in our lives. And we ask for you just to continue to be the focal point of ourselves, our families, and our communities. It's in your name we ask these things. Amen. Blessings. We shared uh, last week, I shared with you last week, what a life change a blessing can be. I shared with you how a, a, a desperate woman just pointed at me in the midst of what was a, a very frightening situation and said, God bless you. It just captured me. There's power in blessings. Why? Well, as uh, Sam was sharing with us, the source of blessings is the Father. And uh, if you want to pattern yourself uh, from a spiritual example of, of Apostle Paul, you will find out that in his epistles, he doesn't say anything without blessing the Father. For example, 2 Corinthians 1.3 Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. So he expands the blessing. He's the Father of Jesus Christ, which he's grateful for, but he's also the Father of mercies, and then he's the God of all comfort. Uh, you can imagine, you know, Paul needed to turn to him for comfort many times. And one of the scriptures that I've quoted quite often is again in his opening salutation to the letter of the Ephesians in what we call chapter 1 verse 3 and there he goes blessed be the God and Father again of our Lord Jesus Christ once again blessing God that he gave us his son and the fulfillment of our new covenant who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So we see the transfer. The transfer is he's blessed us, but he's blessing us with all of those blessings that have existed and do exist and shall exist forevermore in the heavenly places in Christ. There's a transformation. There's a sharing. There's a deposit that comes from the heavenly place into you in this place now and uh, as Sam was saying it begins with a thought well is your thought that that there are blessings for you have you ever bothered to maybe take a, an accounting of the blessings not only that you've already received but the blessings that could be stored up for you have you wondered 
Can you put a number on it? Is it infinitesimal? How big is God? How great is your faith? How much can you receive? And in that instance, that's why we bless, so that he can restore that which we bless. And he, he, God's into multiplication. Even from the first blessing that we shared just this morning about animals, he said, go multiply. The blessing multiplies. God's into multiplication. He's not satisfied with a one-for-one -one exchange. And that's the way the Lord deals with us in everything. The Lord says, if you will, if you will give one, I'll multiply it to you. One of anything, one of yourself, one of yourself to somebody else, a blessing. That's one of the powers and mysteries of blessing God. And I think it's one of the characteristics. We talked about character. Well, the Hebrews, they have many, many different prayers. Baruch Atah Adonai, blessed be the Lord God. Blessed be the God of the universe. All of them start with blessing God first, which then unlocks the blessings of God in a reciprocal relationship. The Lord is the consummate giver. The consummate giver. He's the giver of life. He's the giver of his only son. He's the giver of every spiritual blessing from heaven above. He's the giver of comfort. He's the giver of mercies. He's the giver of all goodness. The Lord is the consummate giver. And the way that we activate, there's a big word, right? We've learned it in the last 20-some years here and walking through our Christian faith and the different changes of the charismatic movement, the Pentecostal movement, the declaration movements, the prophetic movement, the apostolic movement. It's giving and it's activating. Well, if you want to activate the blessings of God, first of all, it's to bless God. And you'll see that that's what Paul does with everything. And Paul was teaching that as a father to all of the places where he planted his church. Blessed be the Lord God. And as I came out of the uh, temple, I had really been changed to blessing God. And I really didn't understand so much about praying for my own needs as I did about blessing God blessing God, because that's how all the prayers go. Blessed be the Lord God. Baruch Atah Adonai. Blessed is the Lord God of the universe. Adonai Eloheinu, the Lord God. The Lord God is one. Blessed be the Lord God. That activates the Lord. So, just to sum that up, to sum that up, he's the source of all blessings. The Father is the source of all blessings in Christ Jesus to us. We bless the Father. We bless the Father. We bless our Lord God. And as we bless him, then his face shines upon us. And as his face shines upon us, the blessings flow back from the Lord God Almighty. And we need to have receptacles that can receive. That's why we empty ourselves. That's why we give. That's why the Lord has made it, first of all, in the law, and then in the New Testament, that what you sow, you reap. And what the Lord gives, he says, I'll give it back to you. I'll return it unto you, pressed down, abundant, and overflowing. That's the nature of God. That's the law of the universe of the code of the kingdom of God, 
is to give to receive. To give to receive. So to whom much is given, much is required. Right? Um, we have to hold ourselves to the standard to which God has put us at. For me, my standard, I, I can never reach the level of what the Lord has put upon me because he's, he's put so much upon me and in me and, and about me and for me that I, I'm forever striving and racing, never quite arriving, but always striving to go onward and upward. I understand what Paul said because Paul knew he was greatly blessed. He might not have been greatly blessed in the eyes of society, but he certainly was in the kingdom of God. And that's how we are. We have to measure ourselves according to the Lord, and we always fall just a step short, or maybe more steps short, of the blessings of what God has given us that we could give back. And when we withhold that from God, it's a moment when I believe for myself, I come to a place where there's no more growth. I'm staying right there until I give, and I give, and I give, and then something happens. If you prepare yourself to share a message, to share a lesson, to help somebody, in that preparation, you receive more than you give. You always do. You always do. I think that's why if you ask me, and I've shared with you many times, my greatest passion that which I love to do the most in all of ministry is to teach. Because as I prepare for that, I receive so much. Get so many things that are balanced out. And so many things that the Lord shows me and builds upon in that foundation of God. So giving is important to the Lord. Giving of ourselves. Giving blessings. Giving blessings. Never fall short of an opportunity to give a blessing. And yes... It can be just come a common phrase for you. But you know what? There's a lot of common phrases that aren't good. So if God bless you is a common phrase, that's a good one. Go with it. <clears throat> we, were, we took a, a little, little uh, field trip yesterday and went down to the Ohio State game. And Sam and I and now my, my grandson and son-in-laws, when we can, we try to go. I... I've tried to take him since he was 13 or 14 years old to one game a year, but it was impossible while he was deployed or at Annapolis. And so when we can, we go. And for the most part, one of the things about a, uh, a college game is that the crowd is a wonderful crowd, wonderful people. Everybody's getting along, unlike some professional games, right? The dog pound in Cleveland can be a real challenge. And uh, there are certain places where, you know, it's not really comfortable to go to a pro game. But we had this un unruly fellow right behind us, happened to be right behind me. And he was probably the most unruly person in the entire stadium because he would cuss and yell the foulest language and just criticize every little thing about a team that's scored 42 points in like the first quarter and a half and he's finding fault with them and I'm like and I know Sam was waiting for me to go off and I was like Lord I'm just going to keep praying for this monster he's possessed and the more I pray for him the worse he get and finally finally I said Lord 
I told you I wanted to come to a game with no stress. I asked you that they would blow them out from the beginning to the end and I wouldn't have to be worried and you're doing that for me. But this idiot is really just being very stressful. So Lord, get him out of here. I'm telling you, it wasn't a couple minutes later. He cussed and he screamed and he looks at his girlfriend and he says, let's get the blank, blank, blank out of here. And about 30 people go, oh, like this. Sometimes the blessings of God come in different packages. And it was the test. Maybe that idiot needed a lot of prayer. Maybe I just had to put myself in a position where I said, okay, I'm just going to pray for him. Bless him, Lord. Bless him. Lord, maybe, maybe it'll make the difference. Maybe something will happen today or next week or tomorrow. And then I found myself praying for his girlfriend next to him because she had to be embarrassed. She was quiet and seated down and she, there was nothing she could do about him. And uh, I was ready to say to her, sweetheart, I'd get as far away from this guy as you could if I was you. God's blessings. 